0: So today is the 15th of September, 2021. We gather together again to train our hearts and minds as we do every day. Because our minds are constantly receiving sense impressions, such as sense impressions that we don't like. When these impressions uh, contact the mind, then a painful feeling tone, dukkha vedana, is experienced in the mind. We get a sense impression that we like, uh, that's pleasant. And then this has a sukha vedana, a pleasant feeling tone. So we have these bodies with the five uh, physical senses, like the eye, the ear, uh, the nose, the tongue, and the body. And then the body receives these uh, five sense objects of visual forms, uh, smells, tastes, uh, touches, and sounds. And these are experienced, and we uh, additionally receive uh, mental objects in the mind. And we feel pleasure or painful feeling with these uh, sense objects. So we can contemplate about this uh, physical body Is this physical body, a pile of pleasure, or a pile of suffering. So the Buddha asked the group of five ascetics, the Panchavakya, is the rupa, materiality, is it permanent or impermanent? And the five ascetics composed of Anyakondanya, Ahawapa, Bhadiya, Mahanama, and Asaji, they answered that physical form is impermanent. And so the Five Ascetics had realized uh, stream entry already. And after they had realized, uh, or at this, at this point in the discourse, they realized stream entry. I'm sorry, they had realized stream entry already. And then after they realized stream entry, they received the teaching on the anatta lakana sutta, the discourse on not-self. And so when asked, is physical form permanent or impermanent, uh, they said, is impermanent. So this physical form, this body, the five ascetics uh, answered in this way because they saw clearly that physical form doesn't last, it's ever-changing, it's a It has arising, uh, staying for a little while and passing away. They saw that the body is impermanent with every in-and-out breath, They saw this clearly. So then the Buddha asked, well, this physical form which is impermanent, is it uh, pleasurable or suffering? Is it sukha or dukkha? And this word dukkha means that which uh, can't endure. It's difficult to uh, endure or sustain. It's a condition that can't last. For instance, we have friends, and these friends uh, change. And there may come a time where we don't uh, get along with that friend. So we see it has this quality of not lasting, can't endure. Or there's a family situation that's uh, difficult. And we see that, again, it has this quality of uh, being difficult to last or endure. So we can ask, well, does this physical body, can it last, can it endure? We see that if we maintain the same posture for a period of time, the uh, blood and various uh, bodily uh, fluids and so on can't flow well. And this gives rise to pain and discomfort. And this pain is the signal to the body to change its posture. Or if we're in the walking posture, we start to feel tired. This is the signal to rest, because we start to feel tired and sore and aching. And if we don't rest, then our body receives uh, suffering again. Or if we don't eat and we feel hungry, then this is dukkha again. This hunger is a foremost illness of the body, because we experience it every single day. It's a great uh, source of suffering, of dukkha. Where it rains a lot and it's very humid, and our body experiences dukkha again. Where it's very cold, and this is dukkha as well. There was one monk who went to another country and it was very cold, down to negative 20 degrees. And he experienced a lot of suffering, couldn't even leave the dwelling he was in. So this is suffering again. And he didn't want to go back to that country because of this experience of suffering. So we see when the body is too cold or too hot, uh, both are suffering, both are dukkha. Uh, Temperature change is dukkha. So we should contemplate like this, contemplate that this body is a heap of dukkha, a heap of suffering. So we see that having been born into this world, we all get one pile, one heap. It's uh, born and then the mind attaches to it, clings to it because we're stuck in the liking for this physical form and wanting and liking this body. And we see that what we're liking and what we're wanting is something which is a source of suffering for us. We see if the, the body didn't change too much, if we just had a bit of hunger or thirst, maybe just these little bits of illness, we could probably handle that. But we have uh, many, many different illnesses, many types of disease that we experience in the body. So the body is always degrading, experiencing degradation and disease like this. So we see the degradation of sankaras like this, of the various organs like the eye, and all the different parts of the body always changing. So this is the quality of impermanence and dukkha, suffering we see that the body is a heap of suffering. But if we look at it another way, we see it as dhamma. If our body is well, we're able to move and change our posture without trouble. Our brain sends a signal to the body to tell the body to move, and the body follows the orders from the brain. But if there's a problem in the brain, Then the mind tries to send a signal to the body, and the body can't follow the order. The body can't do what the mind is telling it to do, because something in the bodily and brain system is broken. The system of moving the body is broken. We may want to walk forwards or backwards, but we can't do it, or it's very difficult. So we see this quality of degradation uh, clearly at this point. So we contemplate that the body is a heap of suffering, a heap of dukkha. And we see if there's no body, would, would there be pleasure and happiness if it was just the mind? We can consider the situation of devas, of heavenly beings. They have a body, but it's a very subtle body, so they don't have dukkha or suffering in their bodies. So we see that the state of a deva is like a temporary rest. It's like working uh, in a work week. Let's say we have a five-day work week, and then we rest on Saturday and Sunday. We have a two-day rest, and we feel at ease. So being a deva is like this. It's like a period of rest from this quality of dukkha or suffering in the body. But we shouldn't be heedless uh, even if We're heavenly beings because when the devas die uh, we don't know where they'll go. We don't know where they'll be reborn. When one dies from the deva state, one doesn't know where one will go. So contemplate often, don't be heedless. We recollect that the Lord Buddha asked the group of five ascetics, this materiality and mentality, is it permanent or impermanent? And they answered, impermanent. And it's uh, dukkha as well, these five khandhas of material form, uh, feeling, perception, formations, and consciousness. It's all impermanent, it's all suffering. And we can ask, well, is it me and mine? Is it self, or should it be taken as self? And the five ascetics answered that uh, it's not suitable to take this as self because it's truly uh, dukkha, it's truly suffering. So we see that the group of five ascetics, their uh, the energy, the strength of their parami was full already. They had a very high degree of samadhi and they were ready to see the Dhamma. because they had built parami, uh, spiritual virtues, for a long time already, for an incalculable age and a hundred thousand eons, which is a long time. So they built all the different paramis, like uh, sila parami, uh, nekama parami, renunciation parami, and virtue parami, and so on. And so then they, Then the Buddha asked, well, is this materiality and mentality, is it permanent or impermanent? And they saw clearly it's impermanent and it's uh, suffering. And uh, is it self or not? So we can consider the aspect of mentality of uh, vinyana, consciousness. So we feel and receive impressions from the six senses and each uh, sense door has its respective consciousness. For instance, we have a thought arise, and we know that thought, and that thought being known is this uh, vinyana, is this sense consciousness, this vinyana which knows the sense objects. So whatever arises in the realm of materiality, mentality, that's uh, known by consciousness, For instance, there's a physical form and the quality of light, and this light hits the eye, and this is the experience of seeing. Consciousness knows this as it arises and uh, knows it as it ceases. But the mind clings to this as me and mine and sees it all as self. But the group of five ascetics, their minds were to a very subtle degree already. They knew clearly, they saw clearly that form and uh, mentality are impermanent. So their samadhi was gathered together. The path of sila, samadhi, and panya was gathered together. And all five of them realized full awakening, realized arahantship, and they became the highest type of arahant with all. The uh, psychic powers and high wisdom. And they had wisdom to a very great degree. And so they were great disciples of the Buddha. And these great disciples play a very important role. For instance, Venerable Asaji Tara taught Venerable Sariputta uh, to the point where Venerable Sariputta realized stream entry. Tree. So he did his duty uh, to the best. So we contemplate this body. Is it self? Is it truly a source of happiness and pleasure? And for us, we, our contemplation may not be very clear. We may not, we may not see clearly that the body is a pile of suffering, is a pile of impermanence that's ever changing. We may not see that it's not self. So we contemplate often, we use our wisdom to contemplate often. We see this greed, aversion, and delusion, the kilesas, And this greed and aversion, what are we greedy and averse to? In the way of the world, it's normal to have liking and disliking for various things. And if we have liking and disliking, to the degree where we're not harming others, then um, this is quite normal. Like liking a certain actor or singer, and we like them and we rejoice uh, with their uh, success and what they do. And we're not harming anyone with this, so we're not looking down or criticizing anyone. But every day, people in the world are experiencing troubles and agitation because of being lost in this sense of self, in this me and mine, there's a lot of criticism in uh, critiquing this and that, critiquing this or that person, and this giving rise to various types of unskillful speech, like uh, untruthful speech, or divisive speech, or harsh speech, or speaking ill of people. So this is uh, nothing but trouble and agitation in the world, and it happens online as well in the modern day. So we have this quality of greed, of wanting, and we have it whether, we have, whether we're highly educated or not highly educated. We might have a bachelor degree, a master's degree, or a doctoral degree, but if we don't practice to train our minds, then that quality of greed is still there, giving rise to heat and agitation in the mind. We have this quality of wanting, wanting more and more, and it's uh, never enough, never reaches the point where it's enough. So we practice to have virtue, to train our minds in goodness, to train our speech to be good and restrained within the sila, not to harm oneself or others with one's speech, then with this, then this can give rise to peace. One's peaceful in body and speech, and not agitated. And one knows what's enough. One knows enoughness. So, if, And if one doesn't train oneself, doesn't train oneself to see one's own mind, then this is a mind without peace, without collectedness, that's hot and agitated and troubled. So we have to use our wisdom to contemplate regularly, to develop our minds to be higher, to develop our behavior of body, speech, and mind. So we use our meditation object, or kamatana, to train our minds in this way, to contemplate that the body is a heap of suffering, to see that uh, whatever there is related to the body, uh, pain or pleasure, it's always changing, the bodily condition's always changing. So contemplate this as Dhamma. So may you all be intent in your practice.